Well, hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Today is inauguration day of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And um, whether you believe in them or not, they are, he is the president. And um, we want to pray for our government, pray for our officials that they make the right decisions that will help and benefit us all. Whether you believe that, um, in, in, whether you believe that the presidency was taken away from Trump or there was some fraudulent uh, ballots made. I really can't, I'm not going to get into that and get my own personal opinion into that um, because I don't want no repercussions from people and we get in a big argument and that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the, the well-being and the beneficial uh, aspect of spirituality in our lives today. There's a lot of things going on today in this world that we should be very aware of. First of all, the second coming of Christ. A lot of people say, well, it's really, 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 really soon. It could be. You know, and I'm sure that the disciples, when Jesus was telling them this, were kind of excited and saying, well, you know, when's he going to come back? When's he going to come back? Because Jesus was telling them what he was walking with them, that these are the signs of the end times. And I'm sure that they had wars and rumors of wars back then also. We've had wars and rumors of wars for the last 2,000 years. You know, every time you turn around, somebody's fighting somebody, somebody's fighting somebody, you know, and, you know, we've had our wars here in the the, the, uh, 20th century and still in the 21st century we have our wars. And so now we look at the the Antichrist and who that is or who that could be. Is it a guy or is it a woman? Really doesn't tell us, does it? It tells us that this person, whoever they are, is going to be a person that denies the name of God but still claims to be uh, either king or, or whatever. And then the Bible also tells us that there will be false prophets. And they will be speaking in the name of Jesus Christ. Who is these false who are these false prophets? Who are they? You know, they say they are, I mean, Jesus even says that they will be able to, they will be speaking, preaching in the name of Jesus Christ, but they will be false prophets. Well, how are you supposed to know? How are you supposed to know? The best thing to do is not to be a follower. The only person that we need to follow is Jesus Christ. We know for certain that he is the Messiah. He is our Savior. That's all we need to know. What about all these preachers and what about these people that are talking about God? Don't I tell you what, it's really hard to tell you what to do because me, myself, and I are going to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't put my faith in any man or woman. 
I, you know, it's really difficult for me to go to church and sit there and listen to the preachers when they preach. The problems that I have when I sit and listen to preachers preach, a lot of times they will say this. Well, they'll read a scripture, plain and simple, right out of the Bible, and then they say, well, God is actually saying this. And then they quote off something that not even close. You've got to be very aware of the the reversions, I guess you could say, of the Bible. King James Version is the version right from the Greek and the Hebrew. We don't have all these revised standard Bibles and the and the new NIV and the new this and the new that. They're changing words to make it easier to read so it's not so harsh. For instance, now I'm going to go back to the King James Version and the things that I've said before. What I've said before about marriage, okay, and about divorce and remarriage, okay, I, I'm not going to go to that subject, but I do want to say one thing about these uh, Bibles, the Living Bible and, and the all new NIV standard version, blah, 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 is that they've changed the words especially in this particular phrase. In Matthew, it talks about marriage. And it talks about fornication. The Bible says fornication, except for fornication. But now, in the New Standard Versions, it says for sexual immorality. The Bible says in the King James that the only time you can get a divorce from a woman is fornication. Now, we have to remember, let me go back a little bit further, that when there were the seven tribes of Israel, okay, Israel was the father of many, and he had seven sons, and they were all seven sons of Israel. And they wanted to keep the tribes separate. So they wanted you to marry someone in that tribe. So the fathers would get together and say, I want you to marry this and you blah, blah, blah. And they go on and on and on in that one single tribe. So they would finally get to the day and the, the boy or the guy would be getting to marry the woman. And they would ask the woman, are you a virgin? And she would say, yes. Then at the day of the night of the wedding, the honeymoon, basically, they would give a ceremonial cloth and lay that in underneath the woman that they would have intercourse. And if she would show signs of blood on the white rag, the ceremonial white rag or cloth, that would prove that she was a virgin. And if you hear those noises, well, I'm, I'm actually driving in my truck and uh, going to an appointment, and I wanted to bring this subject up to you. But anyway... In other versions of the Bible, it says fornication, or in the King James, it says fornication. In other words, it says, in the Bible, it says sexual immorality. So now, it says that we can actually get a divorce if our spouse was sexually immoral. 
doesn't say that in the King James. It says fornication. Fornication in the King James means sex before marriage. Okay? You see how the word has been changed? Look up in the King James Version and start reading a few things, and then go to a Living Bible or the NIV Bible and read it and see how the words have changed. And I'm going to feel, I, I feel sorry for the people that came up with those new versions of the Bible because what's happening is that it, to me, now this isn't prophecy, this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, set in stone, this is my opinion, that it seems to me that these people that are writing these new versions of the Bible are changing the words to make it easier on people of God. Oh well, if your if your spouse is sexually immoral, you know, and sexually immoral, then of course get a divorce and get remarried to someone else. Well, that's not what it says. Paul tells us that if we want to get remarried, you marry your spouse. You work out your differences. You work out everything. The Bible tells, or when I made my vow before my God and my family and my church, I said, "For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer." And that's what I mean. My wife and I have had our struggles and our difficulties, but we've been married for 38 years now. And we've had our problems. We've had our difficulties. But we've also had greater times together. But you see the differences in when people are starting to change the words of what the Bible, the, the the holy scriptures of the Bible, the King James, and it really does bother me. When we are trying to reach the unsaved people all around us, and it no wonder they're so confused at it, because they see people that say they're Christians, but they're doing all the same things that the Bible says not to. They're blending in with the crowd of the world. We have people in the churches that are getting divorced and remarried to someone else. When the Bible says, don't do that, because if you do, you're committing adultery. These new versions of the Bible are allowing things like this to happen. And we talk about the false prophets. Who are the false prophets? Well, anybody that is not speaking truth. Well, you say, well, my pastor, he's supposed to be anointed of God. You know, I would be very hesitant to listen to any preachers today. The only person that I really listened to was Billy Graham. That's the only person that I really would ever listen to. No scandals, nothing. You know how much, I probably said this before, but do you know how much money Billy Graham had when he died? In his bank account, his net worth, $600,000. $600,000. Do you know how much Joel Olstein is worth right now? 
He's worth, oh, a few hundred million. I think, well, I shouldn't say a few. Probably, I think the last one I looked was $125 million. Kenneth Copeland's worth $150 million. And they fly around on their own private jets. And when Kenneth Copeland was asked by a reporter, how can you, Mr. Copeland, how can you fly around in a multi-million dollar jet when people around you are starving, when there's homelessness, when there's children that are starving, needing food, and you're flying around in a multi-million dollar jet? He couldn't come up with an answer. You know what he says? Oh, Lord, help me. That's right. Oh, Lord, help you. Because you have no answer. It is terrible that these men claim to be men of God, but live the lifestyle of a heathen, I would say. Living in the lifestyle with millions and millions of dollars, is it wrong to live that lifestyle? No, it's not wrong to live that lifestyle. But are we supposed to live that lifestyle? Well, the Bible tells us that we need to be successful. No, the Bible doesn't say to be successful. The Bible says you can be successful. But are we to keep it to ourselves? No. Share your wealth. Look at the man that was... Uh, uh, the, the good Samaritan saw this man that was all beat up and almost left for dead. Well, I should say he was left for dead. He takes him to the hotel or doctor or whatever place he was to uh, get the man better, gives the man money and says, here, take this, and when I come back, I will pay you the rest of it, whatever is needed. Do you see any of these ministers taking money out of their own private income and sharing? I'll give you a minute to look it up. If you do find it, give me an email at my email address, which is wgallen3315 at gmail.com. I would love to see those pastors that make millions of dollars a year, I would love to see their financial statements and see how much money they do give to missions out of their own private income. Not money that the church sends, but in the own, at their own income. Because that's what really counts. You know, I I tell you, I just cannot stand listening to these TV evangelists. It just makes me ill to hear them. All they talk about is wealth and success. That's all they talk about. And then there's this one guy, I don't know what his name is, that, you know... Uh, I want to say Benny Hill. Is that his name? I don't know what his real name is. I can't. But he dresses all in white. He thinks he's God. To me, he thinks he's God. And he he gets all these people in a, in a, in a baseball field or whatever, in, a, in an auditorium, and he brings up these people and says they're healed. Why does he have to do that 
on a stage? Why doesn't he go to the hospitals and do that? Where did Jesus go? There's my real question. Jesus went among the people. He didn't have the people come to him. The people followed him. And he healed them. So why are these people paying all types of money to go see whoever this guy is all dressed in white? Why doesn't he go to the hospitals? Why didn't he go to why doesn't he go to the oncology departments? And if he's such a powerful healer, why doesn't he go there? Why doesn't he go to children's hospitals and touch the dying children? You know, I put my faith in God. That's who I put my faith in. I don't put my faith in fellow man. I don't put my faith in the preacher that's standing behind the pulpit. You might think I'm wrong, but you need to listen to what the Bible says and not what your pastor says. If you do go to church, go for it. But don't take what he says at 100% face value. Get the King James Version out. Get a study guide out and read what the Bible has to, stay, has to say. And think of it and learn it. Study it. Just reading the Bible doesn't really help. I mean, it, it, shy, it shows us guidelines and how to live our lives, but studying the Bible means just like you would in, in school or in college. Taking the Bible and studying it, looking at the Hebrew Bible and learning, uh, trying to learn some of the translations, looking at the Greek to see what the Greek words actually say, and listening to what the Bible or reading what the Bible says and praying and listening to God, hearing the true message of God. Don't put your faith in your fellow man. The Bible tells us that the devil is with sheep's clothing, seeking whom he may devour. Don't put your faith in your fellow man. In spiritual things, I should say. I mean, you, I mean, I hang around with people, I talk to people, people ask me questions about my faith. Sure, I'll give them the answers of what I believe and what my opinion is, but I tell them, seek for yourself. What does the Bible say about whatever, you know, whatever their question is? Like a lot of people say, well, where did Cain get his wife? Well, let's dig a little deeper. Let's find out about that. Where did the land of Nod come from? Well, you got to remember that in the beginning of the Bible, the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses. Even Jesus himself refers to Moses, or uh, uh, yeah, uh, Moses uh, writing the first books of the Bible. 
If we start putting, I mean, we have to be so very careful of who we believe. Don't believe everything you hear from the common man. Don't set your pastors on a pedestal. They are men or women that have been trained in a certain way. Methodist pastors, Presbyterian pastors, Lutheran pastors, Catholics, Baptists, Assemblies of God or whoever they are, they've been trained to be what their denomination says this is how you are supposed to, this is what you preach about. This is what the Bible says about that subject and that subject and that subject. And they're all different. Some people don't believe in the speaking in other tongues. Some people think it's wrong. Some people, some people claim that it's the only way to get to heaven is if you have the Holy Spirit in your life. And where does the Bible say that? What I'm trying to tell you, folks, is this. Don't trust your fellow man when it comes to the Word of God. Okay? You need to listen to the Word of God itself. You need to read it yourself. Challenging yourself to read it. Making sure that what your friends are saying or your pastor is saying is the truth. That's who we need to rely on, is the, the salvation of God and not the words of a, of a person. They're human beings. Yep, they did get a lot of studies. But who, who taught them? Just like I said, Methodists, and Presbyterian, and Assemblies uh, uh, of God, and Catholic, they were all taught that way. The schools taught them that way. And if the schools taught them wrong, then they're preaching wrong. Just like when I was a piano teacher, I taught my students this example of how to play the piano. A lot of teachers will say, practice makes perfect. Well, if you practice it wrong, no matter how many times you practice it, it's still wrong. If the note you're playing is supposed to be a D and you're playing an E, which is right next to each other, and you play it that way, you play it that way, you've trained your ear to hear it that way, well, you come to your, you come to your lessons and your teacher says, oh, sorry, uh, that is wrong. Well, that's the way I practiced it. Well, it's wrong. It's a D and not an E. You see what I'm saying? If you practice something wrong, you are going to get it wrong. If the preachers practice something wrong or they they go to school and learn something that's wrong, that's what that's how they're going to preach it. Just just like I said, teaching piano lessons so when you practice, you got to practice it perfectly. Not practice makes perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect results. 
That's exactly how you should be in your Christian life. Perfect practice. I know we're not perfect. We have our faults. We have our, 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 our problems in our lives. Sure, everybody does. But through the blood of the to the blood of Jesus Christ, we have our our Savior and our guide, and it tells us exactly how we are to be, and we try to be that way. We have to remember also that we that God sees us through the eyes, or God sees us. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. So with that, my friends, send me an email. You've got a, you've got a question. My email address is wgallen3315 at gmail.com. wgallen, all lowercase, 3315 at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you. You all have a great day and may God bless.